Superman Forever Radio, Episode 101, Rebirth. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, the incident ship on is now the man of steel, Superman! Hello and welcome to the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. Man, is there a bunch of stuff going on at Warner Brothers slash DC Comics. So I thought I would get right into it for the headlines. Um, there's just so much to talk about. And I really want to concentrate a little bit today on uh, some of that stuff that's happening at DC and talk a little bit about Rebirth, both the DC Universe Rebirth, number one, and Superman Rebirth, number one. But first, as I record this for the 100th time, because news keeps coming out, I could literally do, uh, uh, it seems like over the last few weeks, a daily Superman news update could be done. There's something new, it seems like, uh, every day. And as I record this, news has just broken from well, Warner Brothers, DC slash the CW, and the Supergirl show in the fall. If you haven't heard this, hold on to your <laughs> hold on, ladies and gentlemen. But DC Warner Brothers CW has announced the producers have announced and verified that this fall in the first two episodes of season two of Supergirl. Superman will be making an appearance. Okay, I just wanted to let this sink in for a second. Not in the shadows, not face covered, not with boots lying in the back in the medical bay. They are. Uh, they have announced that an actor is being cast. They don't know who it is yet. They're going to start casting for the new season. And apparently... For the first two episodes, he will appear in all his glory, apparently. So um, I'm still processing, to be honest with you. I was on uh, uh, a show, the Man of Screen Extra podcast with Mike Zumo and Rebecca Johnson, and we talked about how they've been using Superman on the Supergirl show and whether we liked it or not and whether it was something that... um, well, how they've just done with it. Uh, overall, I think they've done well. There's a couple of spots I think they have just done terrible use or ha- made terrible use of Superman. Uh, as I jokingly mentioned before about uh, just his boots lying in the medical bay behind him or something. Um, or just have him fly in to immediately be um, beaten by whatever the villain is, only to show that Supergirl is not affected where Superman is, something stupid like that. Uh, hated that use of him. So uh, I'm still processing. I, I, uh, hmm, my initial, uh, <laughs> in fact, on, on uh, uh, Facebook, my initial uh, uh, comment to me sharing the news was simply, uh uh-oh, 
Because we, we don't know yet how they're going to use him. You know, so that raises all kinds of questions and who the actor is and whether it's going to look costume wise more like uh, New 52, more like uh, uh, Superman of the past, classic, or more like the movie version. Since obviously they are casting and sending out a casting call, uh, it's not going to be Henry Cavill, of course, and uh, which sticks to the, the premise uh, uh, they've already started with keeping their uh, TV universe and their movie universe is separate. And as I've mentioned before, I have no problems with that. I, I really don't have a problem with that. I, le- I think it lets them, the, the weekly serial, in fact, tell the stories that uh, we want to hear. Well, tell the stories that they want to tell, rather, um, whether we want to hear them or see them or not. But what I'm saying is it gives, I think, the TV uh, series, which is weekly, and you're going to get uh, 13 to 22 shots at telling these stories every week. That's a much different way of telling these stories than a movie every two years and costing hundreds of millions of dollars. So... It'll be real curious. I'll be real curious to see how they use him. Um, I, I, I hope it's sparingly. I hope this is simply a setup now to say, yes, now that Supergirl is on the CW and they're, they're expanding their universe even more, we'll, uh, we're going to see more characters in the entire DC lineup or the CW lineup this year, uh, especially with, I think, DC Legends. That's, that show is set up to just uh, use all kinds of DC legacy characters from any time and any place. So, you know, bravo. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have superhero stuff on on the CW. But yes, Superman is going to make an appearance on Supergirl in the first two episodes. Again, it's her show. They really need to be careful how they play this. Superman has to be the most impressive thing in the universe particularly in this earth world here. So he can't be stomping his big foot all over her show. It's her show. But at the same time, or on the other hand, we don't want to see them use him to show his weaknesses to bolster her credibility or power set or whatever. I hope it's just some sort of a good story to welcome them and expand the DC universe uh, for the CW. So let's let's be careful. We'll talk more about that as we know more. Am I looking forward to it? That's an interesting question. Glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still processing. Uh, I like the Supergirl show. I like what they've set up. And it makes me a little nervous how they're going to use Superman. But... Uh, you know, bring him on. Let's see what happens and just expand that universe. My name is Rebecca Johnson. And I'm Carly Lane. And we are two of the hosts of Supergirl Radio, a podcast dedicated to the CW Supergirl series and the character of Kara Zor-El. We wanted to let you know about the DC TV podcast fundraiser benefiting the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. All of the shows in the DC TV podcast network will be broadcasting live on June 11th, 2016, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll have discussions about Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Gotham, and of course, Supergirl. While also raising money to support the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation Spinal Cord and Epidural Stimulation Research. 
research. If you donate, you'll automatically be entered into a raffle to win autographs and comics. To find out more information about our event, head over to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser to find out how to donate and where to listen. Are you willing to follow me on a journey and risk getting lost in a swirling maze of past ages, protected only by our red indestructible capes as we break through the final unexplored realm of the time barrier to explore the fantastic Silver Age adventures of the world's greatest hero, Superman? If so, join me each week on the Superman Fan Podcast as together we'll follow the Man of Steel, his cousin Supergirl, and his closest friends, Perry White, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Lana Lang, Batman and Robin, and others in Superman's never-ending quest to defend truth and justice in the pages of Action Comics, Superman, World's Finest Comics, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane. Go to the supermanfanpodcast.blogspot.com, available on iTunes and most other podcast aggregators, you can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, Flipboard, and Stitcher. And after you listen, feel free to send email to supermanfanpodcast at gmail.com. And unless you request otherwise, I look forward to reading your comments on future episodes. And don't forget to wear your red indestructible cape, standard safety equipment for traveling through the time barrier. Okay, well, I think that's pretty good news. I think that's some pretty big news. And uh, I heard that news literally a few minutes ago and decided um, um, I would add that to the beginning of the show here as I record. I'd already planned to be – this was a recording day. So I uh, checked my news feeds and Facebook and boom, boom, boom as I got online. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> and uh, – so I decided not to read any comments after I saw the news because I'm pretty sure that the internet, like always, Superman fans are um, <clears throat> going to have strong opinions about it. So we'll see what they say and what happens and we'll see what's going on on the show. Uh, boy, <laughs> if, uh, if we weren't already uh, looking forward to the new season of Supergirl on the CW, that kind of add something but that's that's good that's good interesting news now on to rebirth okay i'm not going to give a uh, a total in-depth synopsis of dc universe rebirth or superman rebirth number one um, but there will be spoilers i will be talking about things that happen in those comics so if you haven't read them and you don't want to be spoiled by things you might want to um, skip this episode. <laughs> Let's start with the DC Universe Rebirth, shall we? The DC Universe Rebirth number one. Jeff Johns and a bunch of artists. 
Uh, holy moly. Holy, I'm saying holy moly a lot today. I don't know why I'm in a Captain Marvel thing here, but uh, Jeff Johns, uh, who, by the way, has also, uh, as you've probably already heard, has a new executive role with the movie side of uh, Warner Brothers DC. And another headline just before I started recording more shakeups at Warner Brothers. Now, they call them shakeups. We don't know. We don't know if they're shakeups. We don't know what they are. Readjustment headlines. But Jeff Johns now uh, will have more to do uh, with the movie side of of um, DC. The headlines make it seem like they're they're telling you know making Jeff Johns putting him in a power position here to tell Zack Snyder to lighten up. Let's add a little hope and fun to our movies here. You missed the boat. We got off the track. What's the problem? I'm not sure that's exactly what's going on. Um, although the words from Jeff Johns, uh, and I, I encourage you to, to, to search out the, his rebirth video where he talks about some of these things and some of the interviews, uh, which we don't know what Jeff Johns right now. We'll see as these things come down. All we are hearing right now is what Jeff Johns and what DC is saying. And uh, the proof will be in the pudding, as they say. But if DC Universe Rebirth number one is any example of um, what's in store for the next phase or next era of DC Comics... Uh, I'm very hopeful. There's that word. Uh, Jeff Johns has used it to bring hope again. We used it in the movie, the symbol of hope, although it was a little hard seeing much of it there. But uh, Jeff Johns knows these characters. And I've, I've, I've said before, if you know, if you have uh, listened to my show before, you know that uh, I am a fan of Jeff Johns. It was the it was his Brainiac story that actually got me back into comics, reading them full-time again, really back into the comics again. And generally, I have liked most of what I have read by Jeff Johns and his Superman stuff, and I think he has a good handle on who these characters are. So in DC Universe Rebirth, so many, and and I'll just tell you right up front, loved it, really did enjoy it, enjoyed it a lot, actually. And with as many different artists uh, you would have thought it would have, would have been a little jarring, but it didn't. It just flowed so smoothly. It was so well written. Uh, the dialogue was on the money. Uh, I felt that I knew these characters and a terrific surprise ending. But what did I like about it? I liked that they used the legacy characters. Um, and I loved that... Uh, they used Kid Flash. I'm a Kid Flash, Wally West Kid Flash fan. Uh, I actually liked him. Uh, you know, he's okay as, as Flash. I'm a Barry Allen. I'm an old guy. So I like the old Silver Age guys. So to me, uh, Kid Flash is, was very cool. That's what I think of Wally West. I think of Kid Flash. But, uh, and I really like that costume he has with his red hair popping out of his yellow mask costume yellow top mall it's just a good flash costume and well drawn here by the artist but the use of kid flash who was totally missing in the new 52 was was just a real stroke 
And that's basically the idea. He is being pulled through different eras of time. And by the way, I should start off by by saying this, and this is how I said this to DC. Uh, Dear DC Comics, regarding Rebirth, apology accepted. Sincerely, Bob Fisher. Because this comic feels like an apology, to be honest with you. It really does. It feels like, even with the words and the phrases they're saying, the characters in this story are saying things that some of us have been saying from way more than five years, before the New 52 even, that a lot of these characters had just flown off the tracks, as they say, particularly Superman. Superman has been struggling for a long time. And it felt like in DC Universe Rebirth number one, they are addressing those issues that they have been hearing from uh, some of us for, like I said, for years. And that's not to say I hated New 52. I didn't hate New 52. And periodically, there were glimpses of Superman's real character in the New 52 Superman. And I'll get to that in Superman Rebirth in a few minutes. But but overall, it just wasn't there. They had stripped away pretty much everything that made Superman special. And I think they had just blown it with so many other of their characters. Now, to be fair, some of the characters found just new heights. Aquaman, for example. Jeff Johns again came in with Aquaman. Uh, there were many other characters, of course, in the New 52, Green Lantern and, and Batman initially uh, didn't have a New 52 makeover. Anyway, the point being, they basically are saying in this comic that, yeah, they realize now that how far off they had gotten. And this is going to be their attempt at course correction, so to speak, bringing back some, as Jeff John said, some hope and light to the DC universe that has been missing his words that has been missing from their line of books and is very true. Now there are people who love what's happened with Superman in the new 52, love the new costume, love the the whole bit with it. Uh, as I said, there were, there were some high marks, but overall it was just not Superman. There were a few good things. I think the, the re uh, introduction of Lana was terrific, loved her character. And it looks like they're going to continue that. Um, uh, with Lana uh, getting into the Superman thing. But back to the rebirth. Using Kid Flash being pulled through the different eras and nobody remembers him. And he keeps coming into different eras saying, but you remember this and remember that. And we see all these other things that have were in the DC universe that were eliminated like Kid Flash and nobody remembered him. The part that pertained to Superman in the DC Universe Rebirth, uh, a character known as Mr. Oz, Dr. Oz, Professor Oz, somebody Oz, in, you know, uh, a hood and sickle thing shows up uh, to the bearded, the now, the current Superman, the pre-crisis Superman, the one that's married to Lois that has a son named John. This character comes to this, to Clark, going under the name Clark White. And says that uh, you, 
Superman, are not who you appear to be, and neither was the New 52 Superman who currently died, the dead one. So what does that mean? What's that all about? We don't know. There's lots of speculation uh, that how are they – because this this is (laughs) – you see what this does? It makes me jump ahead, leave my notes, and want to immediately start asking the questions that are – that have arisen because of just these two comics, Rebirth and Superman Rebirth. So that's the part that pertains. This guy appears to Clark Clark White, the pre-crisis Superman, the bearded Superman, and says he's not what he thinks he is, and neither was the other Superman who has just died. Uh, Because if you were reading Superman 52 from the New 52, the last of that line of Volume 3 Superman 52 issues, the New 52 Superman died of his apparent kryptonite poisoning, but he turned into like this dust figure thing. So um, when we get then, uh, so oh, to end rebirth because a lot of stuff happened in the rebirth universe, uh, and uh, and it touched on many many characters: the Green Lantern, other uh, Barry Allen Flash, uh, many characters. It just touches on with Kid Flash coming in and saying, "Remember," and oh, this has to happen. Oh no, and oh, you get pulled back in uh, into a, an incredibly emotional, wonderful, wonderful scene towards the end when he meets, uh, this is all spoiler, by the way, if you haven't read this thing yet, but a terrific scene with, um, kid flash telling his story to Barry Allen being pulled back in once again, as we've seen over and over again, he gets pulled back because they just don't remember him. Barry is saying, I don't remember. I don't know who you are. I just, I don't remember. He's starting to fade away. And then Barry, I know you. I remember grabs kid flash Wally West's hand and pulls him into the universe and they hug and he's there. He's saved. He's real. So people will start now remembering certain things in the timeline. This is how they're going to try to, I don't know if they're going to merge universes. I'm still hoping they keep their, you know, separate universes. I love the multiverse, uh, the DC multiverse. It opens the doors for just any kind of storytelling of any of the characters you want to tell. You can just go over there and say, hey, on Earth number seven, five, this is what these characters are like. That's that just opens it all up. Um, but they're trying to bring the continuity back and, 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 and bring back things that were eliminated or maybe have lost with the new 52. You'll have to decide yourself how well you think they have started this by reading the, the rebirth DC universe rebirth because they touch on a lot of stuff. And now people will remember timelines that may or may not have happened. Okay. And Wally, will he be Flash? Will he be another Flash? Will he maintain Kid Flash? Uh, We see that they're going to bring back the Teen Titans. And it looks like if you look ahead, you see images of them. And they look like, you know, Teen Titans. So it'll be interesting. And there's another one called Titans which will, I think, include Wally West and Dick Grayson and et cetera, et cetera. Arsenal, maybe. Speedy. Who, who knows? But other older than teenagers. And then there will be a Teen Titans, apparently, that will be led by Damien. 
son of Batman and Talia's Talia Raja Agul, or Talia Agul, son of, who will be in Super Sons, teamed up with, yes, the son of Superman and Lois from the other Earth, pre-crisis, whatever. His son, their son John, will be in a book called Super Sons with um, Damien. I'm actually looking forward to that. So uh, we'll see. There, that's the thing that's coming out of Rebirth. Now, when you look at some of the new books, um, there will be several books, and I'm going to talk just for a few minutes now about the Superman Rebirth number one because this sets it up. Uh, after the Superman, Lois, and Clark miniseries from Dan Jurgens, which was so good, so good. That's the Superman from that that eight-page or eight-story, eight-issue miniseries that uh, will now be the current DC Universe Superman. And Superman Rebirth number one is kind of the... Um, cross, but after that, Lois and Clark eight, you read that, you read the DC universe rebirth, you read Superman 52, the death, the final days of Superman. And then you read Superman rebirth number one. And it's the story of basically the bearded Superman, the now Superman in the black costume with the white S and married to Lois with the son, John, this it's about this Superman thinking and hoping that because he was killed by doomsday and brought back by matrix and that wonderful story of the nineties, that there is hope for the new 52 Superman to also come back. And he's going to the tomb to try to see if he can get the body and take it somewhere or do something with it that will aid or help in uh, reincarnating somehow that new 52 Superman. While in that tomb, uh, he comes across Lana Lang of the new 52. And she thinks when she sees the S in the dark that, yes, the new 52, her Superman is back. And there's a nice scene. And then she is both happy to see him and then put off by him, thinking that he is some imposter of some kind. And he tells the story of, he tells Lana her, his story to a degree. Hadn't told her everything. But uh, he says and tells her why, and she wants to take the body and bury it with, uh, uh, as she promised him before he died, uh, with the Kents. And stuff happens. Some some really terrific scenes there. Um, Lana asks the current Superman with the beard, well, if that, you know, if you were able, let's go to the fortress and find that stuff. And the current Superman says he's been avoiding new 52's fortress because you know he didn't want to impose and he you know let him have his privacy well he's dead now so yes so superman and lana uh go to the fortress and there's a nice beautiful scene of uh the jor-el and laura statue holding the statue of the world of krypton but there's also another statue of his earth parents and um now Superman says, oh, isn't that great? I never thought of that. Uh, it didn't occur to me to do that in my fortress. Uh, so Superman goes and carves a statue of 
the new 52 Superman and adds him to that display. So very nice, but finds out, unfortunately that there's no matrix. There's no, you know, healing things, uh, in that current fortress that will apparently aid in the recovery of the new 52 Superman. But he does help, uh, Lana bury the new 52 Superman's body back at the Kent farm in Smallville. So, a uh, really, really, really good uh, episode. We'll have to see now because, as someone else has mentioned, and reading it, it brings it up. If you're thinking at all, if you've been reading the New 52, in many ways, in many, many ways, what DC is currently doing with Rebirth is as risky as the New 52 was um, five years ago. They're basically now saying, oops. We tried something different. It was vastly different. It was a hard reboot and recreation of a classic character. And and briefly, the story in one sentence, as we all know, uh, started off terrifically in action comics with uh, Grant Morrison laying down some a foundation, an origin story for Superman that brought in many characteristics from the legacy from the Silver Age, from the Golden Age, um, you know, adding a lot of characteristics from many of the ages, drawing from the best to create a new origin for the new 52 Superman. But over in Superman comics, it was Perez followed by, followed by, followed by, followed by, followed by. It never really got on sound ground. And ending with a what I really did not like at all the whole truth thing leading to DC finally saying, okay, we screwed up. We're going to kill the guy off because you know, <laughs> that's what you do. I guess you kill him off, which is where we are now. The new 52 Superman is dead to be replaced by the pre-crisis older, apparently wiser, more confident, uh, Superman that most of us feel very comfortable with. And this is something that I have talked about, and I'm going to ramble just for a few seconds here, but this is something that I've had conversations with, with other people who think that the new 52 Superman was the same Superman, but just not, uh, in very good stories. Well, I'll disagree and say that the Lois and Clark miniseries by uh, Dan Jurgens, within two pages, you go, ah, yeah, there he is. That's him. That's the guy right there. And those of us who have not cared much for the characterization of the new 52 Superman as the younger, brasher, think with your fist, uh, you know, just doing uncharacteristically Superman things, Sometimes we're getting we get lumped into this thing sarcastically as as the oh the 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 ones who just can't stand him not having trunks. It's not the costume, and the black costume Superman in Lois and Clark should prove that to you. That's not the iconic classic costume, but within two pages of reading the dialogue and the communication between this Superman and Lois Lane and thought bubbles and actions, you go, yes, that is Superman. That is Lois Lane. 
Michael Bailey so so uh, um, humorously said that he would like to see the new the new this Lois with the son uh, when she meets the other Lois of the new 52 Lois, which is still alive, which I'll get to in a second. The new 52 Lois, when the two of them meet, uh, he'd love the uh, um, pre-crisis Lois, mother of John, to walk up to the new 52 Lois and just smack the crap out of her and say, what the hell were you thinking? (laughs) And I had to laugh out loud when uh, Mike said that because... um, I understand that sentiment because I think that storyline has yet to be resolved. And so far, DC is acting like Clark Kent just doesn't exist. It's Clark Kent and they – I don't know how they're going to bring him back because with the New 52 dead, the New 52 Superman dead, he was exposed as Clark Kent to the world by the new 52 Lois. And they have not resolved that yet. So to the world and how they bring the personalities back. How is this this Perry White, for example, that was felt betrayed and yelled and fired Clark Kent slash Superman, which I don't think the pre-crisis Perry White would have done or the Silver Age or the Golden Age. None of those Perry Whites would have done that. Um, so many of the pre-Christ, many of the characters during the new 52 were just out of character in my humble opinion, and they have to resolve that. Or is this still going to be the hothead Perry White that now doesn't trust Superman because they have established that the new 52 universe, much like the movie, uh, DC universe, at least half of the population does not trust Superman. And that is what was really different about New 52 and Man of Steel than pretty much any version of Superman that's ever come before. Because uh, shortly after his appearance in the Golden Age, as uh, by 1940, say a year and a half, two years later, um, flying well-loved by America, we enter the war and it was, you know, rah, rah, rah. So... The New 52 and Man of Steel, to some degree, charted new course when they said, in the real world of today, with the way politics and the world and, uh, well, just the world we're in today, would they trust this Superman? Well, I guess we're going to find out, because in Rebirth, bringing in the hopeful pre-crisis Superman, to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, who now has a son and wife, which brings up all kinds of other questions. In fact, if you really want to go there, as much as we're going, yay, yay, because of all the good positive stuff that's happening just in the last few weeks at DC with announcements of these comics, the rebirth, the turnaround, the pre-crisis Superman now becoming the main Superman, uh, the new books that they're going to release. Some of the changes in management at DC has also been announced, which I think is is long overdue, personally. I don't want anybody to get fired. I don't want people losing jobs. But I think there does need to be a change, 
along with the positive direction, hopefully, that they're taking here with the character of Superman. I would like to see them change the editorial staff and the management editorial staff so that people have some, um, well, understand Superman and are more focused in some of the brighter new ways. But as I'm saying that, and I say I'm going to back up the fact that I think it's as risky to do the new 52. I mean, it's, re, it's as risky for them doing Rebirth as it was doing new 52. And because what they are saying is, you know, they are admitting that what they have done over the last X years has not worked. They've seen sales decline. And not just decline over the natural, what we're seeing, decline of printed comics, where people are going more digital and some people are, are actually not reading comics, but uh, DC comics and Superman titles in particular have dropped faster than uh, other areas and other characters. And in fact, some characters we see increase sales and we see the fact that when they do something right, they are successful and people will buy the book in either digital or paper form. So, What do I mean by it being risky? It's because they are now admitting to the people who came on board for New 52 and maybe liked the younger, brasher stuff that it was a mistake. And they're saying now, okay, we made a mistake, but stay with us because part of what you liked is still here. You know, the untrusting earth and all that, you know, the the half of the people still not trusting well now they have an imposter in their minds superman how does this affect not only the supporting characters of superman as i mentioned the new 52 lois the new 52 perry white and all that even if they bring this pre-crisis superman even if he has any contact with the daily planet at all We don't know. Maybe he'll just stay, you know, Clark White Farmer during the day and Superman when he needs to be. And Lois will continue to be a a writer, an author, investigative kind of journalistic uh, nonfiction books. So maybe that's what they'll do. And he'll be a family man. And those were the stories. and And they've just eliminated Clark Kent and the Daily Planet. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. That's a big question. How do they fix that if they even decide to? Who knows? Um, Other questions brought up, well, just by the story itself and things. How... This may be the Superman that many people of the pre-crisis era want to see, but this is still the New 52 Justice League members, still the New 52 Wonder Woman, the New who just had a romantic relationship of two years with the Superman who is now dead. Is she just going to, you know, well, hey, welcome back. No, it's a different guy. It's a different guy. The relationship now, if they didn't trust, Batman didn't trust the New 52 Superman originally. They did have some things in Batman Superman, as I was reminded. There were some stories. They were becoming good friends. They were trusting each other. Does that start over again? Does this Batman automatically now trust this Superman? This Superman is older, wiser, more confident. What's going to happen here? Lots and lots of questions because it's still, quote, the New 52 universe. But because of the rebirth 
DC Universe, some storylines, some memories, some timelines are fluid, shall we say? So one hand says, woo, stories are infinite now. The excitement of possibilities are boundless. Because what a lot of us really wanted and would have been happy in the New 52 is if Superman had been the right character. And now many people will go to that Action Comics uh, episode written by Greg Pak. And Greg did some terrific story. He did some some of the better work during the New 52 in Superman. And they'll post and they'll picture uh in their minds and they'll mention that that really good panel where uh the hardcore you know bully cops are coming into superman's clark kent's neighborhood a multi-ethnic multi-racial neighborhood and the police are being bullies and a almost totally depowered superman barely strong enough to hold up the humongoloid super like um ship type anchor chain that he's holding up between and standing between those bullying cops and the townspeople and saying yeah see there he is that's superman to me that looks like he's doing it he's standing up for the right thing and and i will say yes absolutely he is in that panel What was he doing in the 10 pages leading up to that panel? And what did he do in the very next panel? He hits that cop square in the face as hard as he can and then realizes, wow, good thing he's one of those shadow monsters or I would have killed him. That's not Superman. Sorry. So for every one of those panels, you can show me where he was acting Superman. I'll show you pages. I'll show you stories. I'll show you books during the New 52 where he was out of character, shall we say. Anyway, what they are done or doing now is saying, okay, we agree. We agree. We went a little far. We, we went too far. Sorry. Sorry. Here. You can have him back with some of these caveats. And here are some of the caveats that we're looking forward to uh, or that will happen whether we're looking forward to them or not. But here are some of the interesting things that DC is going to try. There are going to be super books. Okay, I mentioned Lois Lane. The new 52 Lois will have her own book. Uh, No, and it will not be called Superman's Girlfriend Lois Lane. It'll be called Superwoman. Uh, Lois apparently gets superpowers, the new 52 Lois, and becomes superwoman of Metropolis. And yes, there is something uh about that, too. She's dying. Okay, so I project out two years, 24 issues from now. That's how we eliminate the Lois of the new 52. So for the next two years, she uses her superpowers to do what good she can, have adventures. And apparently, uh, Lana Lang is also going to be part of that book somehow. Um, So that's something that they're doing, a superpowered Lois. So there will be two Lois Lanes in this now DC current universe. One, the younger Lois, the Lois who exposed 
Clark Kent as Superman, the younger one, the Superman who is now dead, okay? To re- be replaced by the pre-crisis Superman, 30-plus years old, with a son, 10 to 13-year-old son, married to the pre-crisis Lois Lane, living in a farm, suburbs out there as Clark and Lois White with their son John. Okay, so that's one new super book. There will be a super hyphen man book. Um, takes place in Hong Kong about a young Asian man who acquires superpowers. Uh, he may have gotten his, I'm not real clear on how he got his powers. He may have gotten his somehow because of the solar flare power of the new 52 guy. They may use that. So that may be how Lois got her power somehow. I don't know. They haven't told us how Lois got hers yet. And I am kind of projecting a little bit. So, you know, the flare power, he died. Now the super hyphen man has an Asian guy. So we'll see how that goes. So there's action. There's Superman. Superman will be written uh, by Peter Tomasi, who has been writing this crossover here, who has just been doing the last two issues of Superman, but he also did the Batman, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman action and Superman, uh, the final days. He basically told the eight page story over those issues of the final days of Superman and did a brilliant job of it and will continue writing uh, for Superman. Uh, over in Action Comics, Dan Jurgens, and that will be Lex Luthor. Well, if Steel can build a, a super suit, why hasn't Lex? So Lex builds his own super suit and has an S on it, and uh, for a while at least the story will be he will be the head of Action Comics. So Lex will be the, quote, Superman in Action Comics. So a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff happening But there are questions, and the questions are, how do we get Clark Kent back if we do? How does he integrate into the New 52 world, skeptical of Superman, another Superman, and another Lois Lane? All of these questions have to be answered. And me personally, uh, if I'd had my druthers, as I've put it before, if I had my druthers, I'd rather Superman... Uh, not be married, to be honest with you, to be 30-ish, maybe 30 to 33 years old, not married. He can be in a, a, a relationship with Lois. He can be have a, as a girlfriend or whatever. But uh, I would prefer him not having a son. That being said, I've come to terms with the fact that my Superman and the kind of Superman that... Uh, I would like to see. I'm going to have to find by just back issues of silver and bronze age. That's just what I'm going to have to do in golden age. But I've come to terms with it. I'm at peace with the fact that uh, those kinds of stories are gone. And I can look at what's happening now, particularly with what appears to be a positive direction for Superman. So, there are plenty of back issues that I haven't read. So for that guy, I'll have to go back to there and periodically I will talk about, you know, that guy. But for now, I'm actually looking forward. I am cautiously optimistic, as they say, about the direction DC is taking for the next era. 
and I wish them all the luck. It, it, it is going to be a fun or an interesting, I don't know fun yet because you got to read them first. All I know is I have thoroughly enjoyed Superman, Lois and Clark in spite of the fact he has a son. I'm hoping that every Superman issue isn't, you know, it's more on Superman stories than super dad stories, but we'll see. I, you know, it'll be one of those, you know, balances they'll have to play any good writer like good Star Trek episodes, like any other good storyteller will do that. You will have something happening on the ship while something's happening on the planet. And those two stories are going along side by or side by side. And how do you, you know, balance the two? How do you take care of what you've got to take care of on the planet to save the day while making sure the ship is safe? Superman's going to have to do that now. Because Superman has a wife and a child, and it looks like uh, he's got a super son. Superman Rebirth number one, last page. <laughs> yes, yes, I smiled. I enjoyed it. So even grumpy old me, get off my lawn. Uh, the possibilities of some good storytelling are there. So we'll see how they do. Good luck, DC. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. And uh, I think they've so far uh, doing a really good job. And I'll go along with the part, as I said before, D, Dear DC Comics, regarding Rebirth, apology accepted. So anyway, there's my little babble about Rebirth, uh, both the DC Universe and Superman Rebirth number one, and about some news that uh, Superman is going to be on Supergirl this fall. Interesting. Interesting indeed. So until next time, look up in the sky. Wait, who's that guy? (laughs) The Superman Forever Radio Podcast is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, presented by the Superman Homepage, your number one source for Superman information on the web. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman Magazine and Action Comics. Superman is created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. If you'd like to join the conversation, send email to bob at supermanforever.com. Bob at supermanforever.com.